Welcome to the Hat Morning Podcast from Hoosier Ag Today. I'm Andy Eubank with the latest Indiana farm news plus markets and weather. Brought to you by First Farmers Bank and Trust. Proudly serving local farms, families, and agribusiness for over 135 years. They're online at ffbt.com. Coming up in the news, Eric Pfeiffer reports on increasing yields and profitability with precision agriculture. Also, farm economy challenges are persisting but changing as we end 2022. Ryan Martin says it's warming up. He has details. And we'll check back on yesterday's markets coming out of the Christmas break. Higher in corn and beans. Arlen Suderman analysis on the Hat Morning Podcast. The land of the free is also the home of the hardworking. What if this is the year you take your farm operation to the next level? At First Farmers Bank and Trust, we're proud to serve the people who not only work until the sun goes down, but until the job is done. With over 135 years of commitment to agriculture, we'll find the solution that's right for your operation today and tomorrow. Visit ffbt.com to learn more. First Farmers Bank and Trust, member FDIC. The High Ground Podcast. Everything from energy and fuel. It's uh, Memorial Day weekend, going to be 87 to 89, maybe low 90s all weekend. So we thought we'd bring Scott Heine in. So we'll talk about home heat. <laughs> <laughs> to agriculture. Anytime we can help a farmer grow their business and meet their goals, that's a proud moment for me. And, well, other things. For some reason, like and subscribe. We don't know why, but that's important. We want you to do it on your own, but we're going to tell you. <laughs> Listen now on all platforms. Precision Agriculture Growing and an Economic Outlook for 2023. I'm Eric Pfeiffer, and this is Hoosier Ag Today. Increasing crop yields and profitability. I have your attention now, don't I? That's what many farmers were exploring at the recent Indiana Farm Equipment and Technology Expo in Westfield. One way to increase yield and profitability is through the use of technology in precision agriculture. It's becoming more of a a strategic chess game when it comes to farming now than just, uh, hey, we're going to blanket it with this this population. And I think what we're seeing is the the yields that we're getting off of some of these farms now, whether it's planting earlier or adding equipment to our planters now, it's just, it's taking it to a whole new level. That's Eric Frank, owner of Performance Ag Indiana in Frankfurt and Whitestown. He had a Harvest International planter on display that they had built and completely decked out with precision planting gear, as they're one of the larger precision planting dealers in the state. Frank says the conversations and sales surrounding precision agriculture are growing. I think one of the biggest things we're seeing, too, is is liquid fertilizer starting to go on planters more. They're seeing benefits of that. And the other one we're doing a lot of is bean planters. We're, We're... we used to be so used to doing more of a controlled spill on a bean planter to now where we are actually singulating soybean seeds where it allows the grower to decrease the populations they're planting and decrease the amount of seed they're buying, but do a better job planting it. Frank had much more on display at the show from Performance Ag Indiana and his other company, Performance Power Sports of Indiana. One thing that garnered a lot of farmer interest was a new Altos mower. It's a mower on tracks, and I mean, when you see a lawnmower on a track system, uh, had a bunch of engineers from Arctic Cat that ended up working for this company, and so they knew a track system, how to build on a snowmobile. They decided they were going to put on a lawnmower, and we've had a lot of really good interest on that mower, too. Um, Up in Reynolds, where they're building the solar farm, they're figuring out what they're going to mow with that on 2,200 acres, and they can actually put a bush hog deck on that, too, so the municipalities like it. 
A lot of farmers like it because they can mow the side ditches too. It holds an incline really well and it can really do well in like a little boggier or wetter terrain too. You can learn more about their precision agriculture offerings at performanceagindiana.com. One year ago this week, there was great concern among farmers about skyrocketing costs to plant a crop and keep machinery in top shape. So where are we now as 2022 is coming to an end? Andy Eubank has the story. The year has brought some change and even good profitability in many cases, but concerns persist. David Widmar with Agricultural Economic Insights says uncertainty remains at the forefront. Supply chain issues aren't nearly as big of a concern. We're not counting the number of ships in the port of uh, Los Angeles waiting to, to dock, but we still have high prices, and that's still a concern. We have high interest rates now, right, as the Fed has gone on the attack to try to get this back under control. Uh, and so there's still a lot of uncertainty. It's new uncertainty, it's different uncertainty, but still a lot of uncertainty lingering. Whitmar says the macro economy in the new year will be a major player in the markets, something that can make it more challenging for farmers. We hear a lot about it. It's not intuitive how it's gonna impact our business. We're largely on the on the receiving end of that. We don't have a lot of ability to manage that or offset that. So think about exchange rate risks, could be really significant to agriculture, but there's not a great hedge or a great risk management tool for that. Looking to 2023, producers will want to keep an eye on ending stocks when new supply and demand updates are released. They're tight to begin with. They're tight across all commodities. It's really important. If you have one commodity that's tight, you're going to substitute acres around. You're going to plant different acres. But we're tight across all the commodities. That's going to stick around. So any sort of product supply shock like the war in Ukraine did last year, or maybe a drought, that will really be dynamic in those grain markets. The other consideration is higher cost structure. Uh, depending on when you price your fertilizer, uh, you can still see some sticker shock. It's down a little bit from the high, but still historically very high. I think the other thing to keep in mind is the risk is going to be high because of our high cost structure. That leaves producers kind of feeling a bit of a concern. If you've struggled to get parts, one of the main reasons for that has shifted away from ship unloading. The cost of holding inventory is going up. So whether you're putting grain in a grain bin or parts on a parts store shelf, this higher interest rate environment is going to make that cost a little bit more. So we might see fewer things on the shelves just kind of as long as interest rates are high. The one overriding positive story this year has been profitability, a key for continuing to operate a farm. Probably some of the strongest profitability, especially when we had good yields this year in, in most of our careers. That's going to allow us to deploy profits in a way to position our farms for maybe future risk, future concerns, but also deploy our profits in a way that allow us to pursue our goals, to grow our operations, to bring back that next generation. So while there's a lot of challenges, focus on what's going well and how you can deploy those wins in a way to build long-term success for your business. In a final piece of advice, Widmar says you should be counter-complacent in the coming year. Don't let complacency set in. Be scoping out how you can position your operation to offset some of those risks. Widmar and Brent Gloy are the founders of Agricultural Economic Insights. I'm Andy Eubank. And I'm Eric Pfeiffer, Hoosier Ag Today, Indiana's Farm Network. Your operating loan for your farm needs to cover all that could be. That's why Farm Credit Mid-America offers flexible financing options to take care of the day-to-day -day so you can free up capital to maximize opportunities for your farm. Use our online banking or mobile app to conveniently check funds so you always know how much cash you have on hand and can plan for what's ahead. To find an operating loan that works for you, visit e-farmcredit.com. Subject to credit approval, additional terms and conditions may apply. Farm Credit Mid-America is an equal opportunity lender. 
I'm Chief Meteorologist Ryan Martin with Hoosier Ag Today's Indiana Farm Forecast. We've got warm air in charge over the region here today, and it's a beautiful thing overall. No major weather issues here over the next 24 to 36 hours. Sunshine's going to take control for your Wednesday as those warmer air parcels move in. Now for tomorrow, Thursday, we start with sunshine, but I think clouds will try and increase in the afternoon. At this point, I am leaving precipitation out. I won't say that there's not a chance, but I'm not going to put it in the forecast officially here. I think Friday clouds thicken up even more, hit and miss scattered showers Friday morning to midday, then overnight Friday night through Saturday, and even into early Sunday, we see a period of rain. Right now, I'm looking for a quarter to three quarters of an inch of rain coverage around 80% of the state. We take a little bit of a break late Sunday through early Monday, overnight Monday night through Tuesday. Our next weather system shows up, lingers through early Wednesday, quarter to one inch rainfall total out of that coverage 100% of the Hoosier state but again we're still looking at all rain colder air tries to come in behind it but probably not coming in here till Wednesday midday and afternoon I have to watch another area of low pressure trying to come out of Texas the second half of next week could make for a very interesting and very active first seven days of 2023 I'm Chief Meteorologist Ryan Martin Corn and soybean futures ending higher after the long holiday weekend. This is Hoosier Ag Today's Tuesday Farm Market Review. I'm C.J. Miller. This review brought to you by Seed Genetics Direct. The year is ending, but the savings aren't. Save 9% until January 10th and bundle your seed and herbicide to save more. Check them out at SeedGeneticsDirect.com. With grain market analysis, it's time to check in once again with Arlen Suderman with Stonex. The grain markets were back open after the long three-day holiday weekend with corn and soybeans ending higher, while wheat futures started off the morning trading higher but ended in a slight sell-off at the end of the day. Arlen, what were some of the factors that drove the grain markets here on Tuesday? Well, first of all, we started to go higher and started to turn the charts a little bit higher ahead of the Christmas break, and there's some seasonality to that. Holiday trade is a little bit thinner this time of year, and so a lot of traders simply revert to those seasonal factors. But probably the biggest factor today was China. There were signs in Beijing that was hit the hardest by this COVID outbreak earlier this month that it is starting to rebound faster than what was anticipated with long lines at the subways and at some restaurants. And so that's a positive sign about how quickly the country as a whole may be able to start rebounding maybe by the second quarter next year. And so any commodity that China buys um, found some buying interest uh, to start the day. Um, But then traders started looking at uh, you know, a little bit of reality. China doesn't buy as much. They don't buy much wheat from us. Um, and when you look at the soybean market that was uh, had surged above that $15 level and they start thinking, well, that's good. But China probably is going to be buying most of its soybeans from Brazil from now forward um, because they got new crop harvest that has begun down there. So we started to see the markets back off. So it left a little bit of disappointment in her mouth after a good solid start. The U.S. export window for soybeans closing up tightly as the soybean harvest in Brazil has just started, Arlen. Yeah, it really is. We tend to see soybean exports to China drop off sharply as we move into the month of January, and I anticipate we'll see that. We've already seen sales start to back off. We believe that China has most of what they need 
for shipment in January already purchased. As you look at February, South American supplies are listed on the books cheaper than U.S. supplies. So we anticipate most of that's going to come from uh, Brazil in February. And that means overall exports are going to be starting to drop off. Shipments will stay solid probably for a few more weeks but continue to trend lower as they typically do this time of year. Arlen, let's pivot now to the livestock markets. February lean hogs ending sharply higher on the day, Arlen. Yeah, and for that, we look to two things. You could also play the China card here as well, and optimism and hopes that a recovering Chinese economy will have an interest in resuming some pork imports. But that quarterly pigs, hogs and pigs report that came out on Friday also had a big impact as well. There was really something there for both the bulls and the bears, um, but for the nearby contracts, we focus on the bulls, and it showed market hog inventories at 98 to 98%, and uh, that's, that's a seven-year low and below the low end of the estimates. Hog supplies will be lower going forward, and tightening things up. And so that put together with last week's uh, weather-shortened slaughter schedule down to about 800,000 head of hogs from what we normally see this time of year, providing some support for the upfront contracts. Once again, Arlen Suderman with StoneX. Settlements from Tuesday, March corn gaining eight and a half to 674 and three quarters. The May contract eight and a quarter higher at 673 and a quarter. January beans rising three and a quarter cents to 1482 and a quarter. March at 1489 up four and a half cents. And March wheat down one and a half to 774 and a half. In the livestock markets, February live cattle up 12 cents at 157.87, and February lean hogs sharply higher, climbing $3.65 on the day to end at 91.47. And that's your Tuesday closing farm market review for your Wednesday Who's Your Ag Today podcast. It's brought to you by First Farmers Bank and Trust. For Andy Eubank, Eric Pfeiffer, and Chief Meteorologist Ryan Martin, I'm C.J. Miller. Who's your ag today? Timely, relevant, credible.